Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back. We're it's Friday. We're uh, this is our last day of the week. We are in Genesis chapter seventeen. We'll be looking at verse eight and ex- finishing up that chapter, going into chapter eighteen, stopping at verse eight. So this will be our last study this week of Genesis, and then on Monday we'll start back as we always do. Take a break over the weekend, and then we will start back next week in uh, continuing our study through Genesis. Now we're in chapter 17. McGee calls the most important book of, uh, most important chapter of um, Genesis and maybe the most important uh, uh, chapter in the whole Bible, whole book in the Bible. This is where God's God is making a covenant with Abraham that he's going to bless him and multiply him greatly. And he's been telling so far, he's been telling Abraham so far about what he's going to do with this covenant. Okay? My covenant is with you. No longer shall your name be named Abram. It's going to be Abraham. So he's going to kind of mark it like that. I've made you the father of many nations. I will make you fruitful. I will make you into nations. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring throughout all their generations and make it everlasting. And I will give to you your off uh, to you and your offspring the land uh, of your sojourners and all the land of Canaan uh, for everlasting possession. And I will be their God. So all this, you know, all this promise of this covenant so far is what God is going to do. And he starts off by saying, walk with me and be blameless. So through uh, Abraham's faith, uh, people are going to be able to believe and be blameless. It's through faith. So he, God's telling him everything. Uh, that he's going to do now, God, we're going to jump in today at verse 8. And we're going to look at all the things that God now is going to require Abraham to do for his part of the bargain. Okay? Uh, So so starting at uh, verse 9, he says, And God said to Abraham, As for you, 
you shall keep my covenant, you and your um, offspring after you throughout their generations. In other words, he's going to make the promise to Abraham and his offspring throughout the generations. But the covenant is going to be required of not only Abraham, but all of his offspring throughout their generations. So this is an everlasting two-way covenant here. Verse 10, This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Okay, here it is. Every male among you shall be circumcised. Verse 11, you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. Okay, so we're we're talking about now, you're keeping the covenant, and you're going to have a physical sign that you have kept the covenant. He who, Verse 12, he who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised, every male, throughout your generations, whether born in your house or bought with your money, from any foreigner who is not of your offspring. Both he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh, an everlasting covenant. So it's going to be, there's going to be, God's requiring that the covenant is going to be a seal in the flesh. Verse 14, any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. Okay, so God's requiring this um, um, outward sign. And um, so he is going to require um, this covenant to be a two-way covenant. He's going to be making them into a great nation uh all the offspring are going to have to keep this covenant but they're going to have to keep a covenant uh from this physical sign okay so in a, my study bible says that uh circumcision uh of the males um was uh not just a hebrew invention it was used in egypt in early periods uh as an act of uh, ritual purity uh, that type of thing. Um, but uh, Study Bible also underlines that it's a visible sign um, and it gives importance of Abraham's offspring to this royal line, this royal lineage that God's going to be requiring of Abraham. He wants them to be distinct uh, because this royal line, this you know, it's it's like establishing a royalty. You know, now these people don't feel like they're going to be kings, uh, but he says kings are going to come from you. So all of this lineage is going to be royalty, and it's and it's really kind of pointing to Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is going to be the the, the royalty that is going to be, and so is King David. It, but Jesus ultimately is being pointed to here as the king, <clears throat> the Messiah, that is going to be coming from Abraham's line. Verse 15, And God said to Abraham, As for Sari, your wife, you shall not call her name Sari, but Sarah shall be her name. So we've been saying um, Abram, 
Now God changes his name to Abraham. And in this same chapter, God changes Sarah's name to Sarah. Okay. So, again, it shows uh, his sovereignty over them, the fact that he's reconciling them, he's renewing them, he's changing them. Not only is he changing their nature, um, but he's changing their names. But Sari and Sarah are both um, both forms of the word princess. Okay, so their name kind of reflects, her name reflects what God's going to do with her life. Okay, verse 16, I will bless her and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her. She shall become nations. Or as McGee says in his translation, the mother of nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Okay, again, pointing to like King David and the royal lineage of Israel, but also referring to ultimately Jesus Christ. Then, verse 17, Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? And McGee points out, it's not like he's falling on his face and laughing in disbelief. He's falling under his face and just he just it's hard to believe and it's it's sort of like joy in his heart but it's like he's just laughing sometimes he's just laughing because he accepts the news but it's so improbable but he still accepts the news and it causes him laughter verse 18 and abraham said to god oh that ishmael might live before you so now in his heart he's remembering that he's got his little boy ishmael growing up uh and he's been loving him like a daddy and uh so the first thing he thinks of is, you know, what about what about Ishmael? Because, you know, he's realizing in his heart that this is the promise that God has been making. But they didn't they didn't they weren't patient enough. Um, and that's when they kind of got themselves into trouble. But God said no. So in other words, Ishmael's not gonna live before me. But Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. Okay? And I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. So now God's kind of saying the covenant is going to come to you and your offspring, but it's not going to come through Ishmael. He's not going to live before me. It's going to be through Isaac. And then he says, as for Ishmael, verse 20, I've heard you. So in other words, he knows that Abraham loves his son Ishmael, and he, he's heard his prayers. But again, Ishmael wasn't part of his plan. And if Abraham had awaited, he wouldn't have this other son who's not going to be a part of the covenant. But he says, I've heard you. And then he continues, behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall be father. He shall father 12 princes, and I will make him into a great nation. Okay, so he says, all right, I've heard your prayers. I'm going to make Ishmael fruitful too. He's going to be a father of great nations, but he's not going to be a part of my lineage. He's not going to be a part of my covenant. 
Okay, so that's that's how God's working things out. And it's that, that sin that Abraham committed, McGee says that it's so important. And, you know, don't, don't tell us that sin is not important in your life because look how it, how, it, how it trickles down through generations. Look what happened to Adam's and Eve's sin. So now Abraham's sin has going to be borne out through the life and offspring of Ishmael. Verse 21, But I will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. Verse 22, When he had finished talking with him, God went up from Abraham. So in other words, God is telling him these things, and now God leaves. And now, what does Abraham do? Well, he does what God commanded. So then Abraham took Ishmael, his son, and all those born in his house, or bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house. He circumcised the flesh of their foreskins in that very day, as God had said to him. So Abraham carries out God's commandment. He doesn't wait around. He does it. And he includes Ishmael in what God's telling him to do, even though he knows it's, you know, in that respect, Ishmael's going to be, um, he's going to have Ishmael do what God commands, but he knows that the ultimate covenant is going to be coming through Isaac. So, uh, verse 24, Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. Verse 25, and Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. Verse 26, in that very day, Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised. Okay, so Abraham and Ishmael doing what God, you know, following God's commands. Verse 27, and all the men of his house, those born in the house and those bought with money from a foreigner were circumcised with him. So, to the best of his ability, Abraham is still following God's commands. Now, we come to chapter 18, and I must confess, uh, as McGee does, I don't know how to, to, to explain what's getting ready to happen, but Abraham's going to be visited by some visitors. And it looks like the Lord is, is one of those visitors. Okay, So we're going to see the hospitality that Abraham gives the Lord when the Lord comes to visit him. So we get a little bit of a unique window into God coming and, and to visit Abraham. It's, it's a, a little bit of an interesting description here. So let's jump in and take a look. Chapter 18, verse 1, And the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre, as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing in front of him. Okay, so you got the Lord appearing to him, and you got these three men. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, O oh Lord, if I found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. While I bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you you may pass on, since uh, you have come to your servant. So they said 
do as you have said. Okay, so you've got the Lord appearing to him, and you've got three men standing there. So are the three men with the Lord as angels? Are the three men, is the Lord with some of these other men? You got the Lord maybe a couple of other angels? I'm not sure what the, how it is. But this is a divine visitation. So um, this is what we get. This is the Bible's description. So this is what we need to know. Maybe some other parts of this we don't need to know. But um, verse 6, Abraham went quickly into the tent to Sarah and said, Quick, three uh, sheaves of fine flour, knead it and make cakes. And Abram ran to the herd and took a calf tender and good and gave it to a young man who prepared it quickly. Then he took the curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree while they ate. So <clears throat> we get this picture of the Lord visiting um, Abram, and um, Abram really shows them the hospitality, uh, that um, it was common to have hospitality, but this was um, very unique hospitality because this was extra special. So we're going to stop here and develop this a little bit more uh, Monday as we continue our study through chapter 18. But it's very interesting. So we'll have to wait till Monday. So now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing what you've got to say today. And from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ. We'll see you next time. Thank you.